Ladies and welcome to episode number 163 of the Vex on Vex podcast. My name is VexX. Today we are joined with Dave from the band Pistol Razor. What's happening? As well as a new legacy. Yeah, that too. How are you today, sir? No, I'm good. I like how you alternate between which band I'm in every time you introduce me, depending on which band is playing the show, like closer to the time. That's not true. I feel like it is. It, it might, maybe it's secretly accurate. It but, is accurate because I went back and checked. Did you really? Yeah. All right. I'm going to speak the truth. Which is awesome. It's fine. It works out great. I'm totally all for it. I, I thought you were doing it intentionally. I favor Pistol Razor. And I feel like it's obvious that I favor Pistol Razor. So I try to not favor Pistol Razor. Yeah, but you know them guys for like 100 years. And that's why. So that's all good. They are I, dear I'm friends. I'm not sad about it. All right. That guy killed himself. What's his name again? DJ Twitch. Whatever. So I can't spell the Twitch, but there is a Twitch in the name. And he has definitely... I'm 40 years old. No longer, I think, employed by the Ellen situation. I don't watch Ellen. I don't know much about it. I don't know anything about this. So, But you know who he is. I know that he was on that show. Do you know before he died, I didn't know who the fuck he was. Not a clue. No, no, no but you said you knew who he was. I just asked you. I mean, I know who he was now. Interesting. Just because, you know, people I know were like, hey, this dude died. Oh, so you did hear about it. Oh, yeah. I thought you it. didn't hear about it. No, I just have no details beyond it because I didn't care to look into it. I looked into it. Um, It seems self-inflicted gunshot wound. <clears throat> okay. Um, it's the holidays. I don't know. It's sad. Shit happens. Yeah, man. Holidays mess with people. Pretty and then bad. Ellen doesn't exist anymore. Is she off the air yet? Or is she going soon? Not a clue. Not a clue. Like I said, I don't watch. So I think the show is about over. And that was kind of his whole thing. It's on during the day, right? Yes. Like most of us are at work. Don't say things you don't mean. <laughs> I'm not at work, but you are. Uh, I am not, actually. No. I have a lot of time off during the day. I go to the gym quite often. It's my thing. Not but uh, yeah, yeah. The days are my time to be uh, me. I, I worked... Shockingly, a lot this week. I didn't want to. It just kind of happened. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. I, yeah, money comes out of it. A lot of warranty stuff. So we were discussing putting women's names on my body, and you're saying that I shouldn't do that shit. I mean, the old tattoo lore and superstition is that it's bad luck. That it means the relationship's going to end. That's just. I mean, but at this point, I'm like a billboard. Like, there's a lot of fucking work. So you know, whoever yeah. I'm in love with, I, I could, I could fit it. And I mean, look, nowadays with with tattoos being what they are and far more mainstream and acceptable, I don't think it's as big a deal as it used to be. Sure. Plus, it's so much easier to get things covered up, lasered off, whatever you Would you laser off ever? Nope. Nor would I. No. I'm going to own that all day. Well, I cover the second wife. Because I got some tattoos that I'm not crazy about. You know what? They're staying. I love all my work. But then I'm over it, too. Like, so I went to see a good friend. I'm going to give him a little plug here. Dollar Bill's tattoo. He's, I mean, I don't know where the fuck it is. It's outside of Philadelphia. It was really far. But it's an awesome location, and it's a nice setup. And he did really great. Like, he did some work for me, which is nice. And I love it. Um, He had written the third wife's name on me or tattooed it on me. So I went back to him to have it removed, which I thought was kind of cool. Right. Like, when I do have a cover-up, I try to have the person who put the name on cover it. That's, okay. like, my thing that I do. I don't know. So we get tattoo shout-outs now? Yeah, you want to give one? My, all my tattoos, well, not all, but at this point in my life, the majority of my tattoos have been done by Mike Harmon at Neckbone Inc. in Fraser, Pennsylvania. So you know the town. I don't know the town. Uh, you know, it's kind of past Westchester a little bit. That's still far as fuck. Yeah, it's not too far, but... How did he survive the pandemic? Barely. <laughs> <laughs> did they get any kind of federal assistance or anything? Uh, you could technically. I don't know that we ever got into that conversation. Um, but they, they did survive, um, right before it happened. He, I know he put a lot of money into his new shop. 
Really? And it kind of bit him in the ass a little bit. Yeah, that happened. But but they're still afloat and they're still open and he's still my tattoo guy. And you know, it, it's a cool vibe there. I like it there. Vibes of the tattoo shop are very important to me. I like, agree with that. Doing it, uh, you know, I have to have like, I have to have some kind of rapport with the dude who's doing the work. Are you done with work? Or are you starting to get more stuff? I'm never going to be done. Really? I'm going to get tattoos till the day I die. I don't I feel. Absolutely love it. I don't feel that way. No. I had a moment. It was a thing. I loved it. I did no. it for hours and hours and hours, and I got a lot of fucking work done. I might get a Freddie Mercury on my calf, which is nice and white trashy, right? And then I want to get a Kermit the Frog on my other calf. That's awesome. Ask me why. Why? Bald guy, musician, fucks pigs. Love that guy. Love that guy. Fair. Fair. I made a meme about that. No one cares. But, <laughs> so I think that this, I'm sitting there and we're covering the tattoo or the name and he's tattooing me and I'm like, I'm done. I, I'm done. Really? Yeah. Uh, that time of my life is over. And I kind of want to get S-T-A-R across my knuckles in the same font that I just got. What are your opinions on that? I think you should go for it. I don't know that. I don't know. I don't know. Like, all right, I own a company, so it won't matter. I can do what I want at this point. Right. And I'm, we're successful, so I can do what I want. I'm established. So that's not a big deal. And in this day and age, it is not looked down upon like it once was. No, like I said, it's it's so much more mainstream at this point. It's not frowned upon. But I, I know that hand tattoos, for me anyway, are very painful. And then they don't last. Like, if I get on my knuckles, I think it redone like every two years. Yeah, or every if you work year. with your hands, I have found, like, my wedding rings on my hand. And it just it gets wiped out all the time. I've had it touched up already. And it's not been there. That it long. looks pretty good right now. It's in good shape right now. My wife's looks much better. I wear gloves every time I work, though. Do you? Yeah. I never do. Really? Nah. Especially with your, like, what you do. I can't feel things right. Uh, <sighs> and I've never been able to. It could be 10 degrees outside and I won't wear gloves. I can't. Uh, it could be 120 degrees and I have to work gloves. No, nope, can't do it. I was a little kid. I'm going to tell you a story you don't care about. In the <laughs> book. This is outlined in the book. There's none, a book. None of you fuckers. Do you know about the book? Let me see if I can find it up there. 12 foot, no, 12 feet tall and bulletproof. The autobiography by VexX. It's there. You should buy that shit. Anyway, side note. I was adopted when I was like three and a half, four years old. And my great aunt and uncle raised me. And they were like the nicest people. They just couldn't have kids. Really normal, good people, right? Like normal. And my dad was a mechanic. That's what he did for a living. Like, remember Planner's Peanuts when they came in the cans? Yeah. So he was, they, he worked for the company that they were called American Can Company. And they physically manufactured and built the cans that were Planner's Nuts, right? Yeah. And then guys who were in a hurry would put in like this much metal, like a foot of metal, when it should be like six inches of metal. And it would jam the machine up and it would break. So this guy had fucking constant work. My dad worked a lot. Yeah. Mechanic. And then he would work on our house and occasionally he'd work in his car and stuff. He's like a manly dude. And I was a little kid. He's like, hey, you want to learn some stuff? Let's do it. So I knew what a wrench was. And I know like the difference between a Phillips and a flathead, the basics that a boy should know. You know what I mean? Sure. A lot of people don't know that shit, but my dad taught me. They do not. And uh, every time I worked with him, if I got greased, I was like, ah! And he was like, you will never work with your hands. And it really like, it broke my heart. <laughs> like I was like six and I was like, you don't know me. You don't know my life. <laughs> And now every job I do, I have to wear gloves all the fucking time. But when I touch the breasts, nothing. There's no sandpaper shit here. They are very smooth. Yeah. I'm just saying it helps. Like whoop, whoop, whoop. I was dating a girl in the nineties and I had got my first like man, manual labor job. I was driving a truck, you had to load and unload your truck every day. And I went across to her fucking bra and her whoop, whoop, 
I just bought moisturizer the next day and never looked back. Like, <laughs> I, I cannot have dry hands in my life. It is yeah, not an option. I'm the exact opposite. Really? My hands are mangled. Really? Right now. They, oh my they're goodness, they do not look shot. good. No. <laughs> it's okay. Interesting. And you're all right, so do you have you never have a live anything when you're working, do you? You have to turn everything off, right? Because you, you're an electrician. No, no, I'll play with it. <gasps> do you really? That's some yeah, scary sometimes, shit. Sometimes, sometimes. That stops your heart, doesn't it? It depends. It can. It definitely can. Depending on, you know, the voltage, the amperage, and, and how it goes through your body. What's the worst shock you've sustained working? Uh, I got shocked off 277 once, and it made my arm go numb for like an hour. That's a long fucking time, bro. Yeah. The whole arm. Did you panic, or were you just like, fuck it? It just kind of happens, and then, like... Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, you I know, do that. Self-diagnosis, and then you're fine. The, the weirdest thing that happened to me, again, this isn't the book you fuck sitting by, not that I'm better or anything. All right, we're working on a roof, and it was around this time of the year, and there was snow. And we set up the ladder, and we went up to the first level, and then we're going to go from the, this roof to another roof. So we're like 40 feet up, roughly, right? So we're going up to the to the, like the third story from the second or something. Anyway, we set up the second ladder, and there's it's covered in snow. My guy sets it up. I'm like, listen. As the day progresses, the snow is going to melt because that's what happens in the sun. This become a puddle. The ladder's going to kick. No, it's not, boss. You're crazy. Boom, he goes right up. And he had a lot more experience than I did. He worked for me, but he was I was newer in, the, like in this industry. So we set up the ladder. We go to work. Everything's fine. King Sam was there working on the roof with us. He did not like that, by the way. It was like fucking 20 degrees out. He was not <laughs> happy. He's like, I can't feel my hands. I'm like, well, that's the gig. So he didn't like it. So King Sam's up there. The technician's up there. And I was being the grunt. I was carrying 90-pound rolls of rubber on my shoulder up the ladder. Which I like to do because it kind of keeps you strong, and it, you know, what I mean? like you can sure. fuck with the young guys and stuff. And it's a thing. So I go up, boom, put the roll of rubber down. Second one, no problem. Go to get the third. I step on the ladder, and it just kicked. Boom! I fall twenty feet, right? But I land on my knees and my hands, and I fell on a roof deck. I didn't fall on concrete. Not too bad. Got up, checked my balls, checked my teeth. I was like, all right, I'm good. Nothing broke. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Just, yeah. Now, did you keep working with the numar? Yeah. <gasps> I'm shocked. No, I'm savage. You don't understand. You have to explain. I mean, it still works. You just can't feel it's it. It's just tingly as shit. For like no, tingly some feeling, though. That's yeah. not dead. No, it came back pretty quick, but it was definitely like, it wasn't right. Did you ever use a pole lawnmower in the arc of your life ever? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to tell you one of the dumbest things I had ever done in my entire life on this planet Earth. It's, it's fucked up. I'm kind of dumb. I was in the midst of my most recent divorce. This is like five years ago. It's a while ago. And she was living here and she wouldn't leave. And so I went out and I was working on my lawnmowers, air quotes. I have a few of them because we have a landscaping company. You ever turn on a lawnmower without the blade on it? No, I can't say I have. And I'm like, it's got to work. Fuck it. Yeah. So I take the blade off. I turn it up. I set it up. I pull the handle and I pull the cord back. Right. The, and I think I might've pulled it. You pull with your right because it's right-handed. I'm left-handed. So I pull it. And the head of it hits me right on top of the wrist, like right on the inside. Yeah. And it, it hurt so bad, I dropped to one knee. And I was like, wow, that was really bad. But everything still worked, right? I'm like, all right, I'm going to try this again. I'm stupid. Try it again. It hit me in the exact same spot. And now I have nerve damage. It was temporary. It, like, you, like, mine was a few months, to be honest. Yeah. But it wasn't right for a while. But you just work through it. You yeah. know what I mean? But like, you, without the rotation of the blade to hold the weight, you can't turn that thing on. It doesn't work. Which I don't. I didn't know until I tried it. I didn't realize that was a thing, but it's a thing. It I don't know. I don't know. I have a kid, so I haven't cut the water. <laughs> <off. laughs> 
I'm uh, lazy. I pay someone to cut the lawn at my house. Is that fucked up? Yeah, a little bit. And I own a landscaping yeah, company. Yeah, that's, that's bad. A little bad, right? Now, who cuts your lawn? Is it another landscaping company, or do you pay no, the people that work for you it's, to cut it? Our, I used to pay the people who worked for me to cut it. And I had a Northeast division of my landscaping company. And when COVID hit, I couldn't keep people. I just couldn't. No one wanted to work. They were getting free money from the government. Nobody wanted to yeah. work. So it was a thing. And I just, I let that part of it go. I just broke it down. So I wasn't around here anymore. I'm in South Philly when I cut. Okay. So I'm not anywhere near here. So I can't bring my whole staff back. Like, hey, cut my lawn. <laughs> yeah. So then I was like, I'm stuck now cutting my lawn. And I hadn't cut it at that point, like three years. I had the Northeast division. So I was not used to cutting it ever. So I just hired my neighbor's company. That's awesome. They're oh. good people. Hey, as long as your lawn gets cut. And looks good. That's all that matters. And then if they do something I don't like, I just correct it because I know how to do it. And I have all the equipment, so it doesn't yeah. really matter. That's a thing. <laughs> um, I, I had texted you about the Liver King. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Do you have thoughts on the Liver King? I've got some thoughts on it. So so if, if you didn't know there was something up before the story came out, like, I don't know how you don't know. I, I want to explain it because maybe people don't know. Okay, give me go one second. For it. Lay the whole thing out there. So the, there's more news like from yesterday. The, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Good. Okay. So the Liver King is like 50, roughly. Yeah. And he looks like Hillbilly Jim. Like he's just yeah. ripped. Jack, All muscle. Jack to the gill. No fat. And he says, I am on nothing. I'm not on growth hormone. I'm not on anything. I just eat liver and I work yeah. out incessantly. And this is what it looks like. He lives by the nine ancestral tenants. Oh, tell more. Tell yeah. fucking more. If you look it up, that's his whole thing. That these nine ancestral tenants, which I don't exactly, I don't off the top of my head know what these nine ancestral tenants are. Why would you? But, but that's the claim that, you know, he eats all of the animal and he's a preparer of organ meat and, you know, liver and heart and things like none that. of which is that bad actually no it's not but human growth hormone is still human growth hormone right but then you know what a couple was it last week or the week before the story breaks that like oh the dude's spending eleven thousand dollars a month on steroids okay Hooray. that's an excessive amount of steroids that's a lot of steroids <laughs> i think i don't know i'm not a huge purveyor of steroids or actively involved in the steroid market, so I don't know. Well, Joe Rogan is, and is very vocal about it, and yeah. admits it. He's like, I'm in my 50s, I want to be in good shape, and this is what I do, right? Yeah. So he takes a myriad of things, and he's like, this guy is not real. There's no fucking way he's and, natural. And has been saying it for some time. And now he's he's been caught. So what happened yesterday? What's the new news? So the newest news is, um, I guess, earlier this week, uh, the Liver King himself went on his YouTube channel, and you know, issued like the apology statement. And I blah, saw that. Blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, basically trying to save some kind of face, I guess. Yesterday or the day before, he aired a video on his YouTube channel again. Uh, it's him going to a plastic surgeon, a doctor's office, so that he can have the doctor confirm that on top of the steroids, his abdominal muscles are not implants. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's how far this dude is now going to somehow, because, dude, you're done. You're done, right? He's this done. And then he tried to, on the apology, he, he was like, I wanted young men across the country to be uh, galvanized and understand that it's possible with hard work and determination that you could do this. But it's not. You use illegal steroids. No, no, they're legal. They're legal. Oh, are they? That's the thing. So if you're not competing... Right. In a sporting event, 
that's like monitored for like like baseball. It's a real sport. Right. Football's a sport. Like your athletic acumen matters. Yeah. But if you're just Joe Rogan and you want to look pretty for your wife yeah. and do ninjutsu, is that how you say it? Is it ninjutsu? Jiu Jitsu. Jiu Jitsu, thank yes. you. See, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Uh, but um I'm a huge UFC and MMA fan, so Really? If you have questions like Who's your favorite active uh, participant? Um uh, Israel Adesanya is pretty spectacular. Okay. He's one of my favorites. How old is he? Mm, not thirty yet. Okay. He has like some time then. Yeah, he, but he's a stud. I heard a savage. thing recently. Who was the the Irish gentleman who was very famous? Conor McGregor. He's over, I heard. Oh, he's done. Like yeah. it's just never gonna. When the leg snapped in the ring, that was kind of. Yeah, no one comes back from that. That's impossible. No right? one, and not and not competes, right? I mean, guys have had a similar injury and come back and competed. Again, not his age, but not at his age, and not at the level that they were prior to. And then I got to tell you something. This is an unpopular opinion. He was an unqualified and unexperienced boxer. And he went toe-to-toe with one of the best to ever do it. So if he really wanted to have a second career as a legitimate boxer, and he put more time into it, he really could do something. At Thoughts? this point, I don't think so. I really? Don't, the I don't age? Think so. I, think, I think he's done. Or is it the, the cocaine? Uh? <laughs> I, I, think it's, I, think it's the, I think it's the desire to do it. Well, when you have that much money, it's a difficult thing. Right, right. It's real hard to get up and go do road work when it's 10 degrees outside when you got millions of dollars in the bank. What are your thoughts on Tyson Fury? I love Tyson Fury. As do I. I think he's awesome. He's, dude, he's got the pedigree, dude. He's, he's been a boxer. It's in his blood. Dude. And he's officially retiring, right? Yeah. So as champion, he goes out. Good for him. Good for him. He should. Now, my fear is he's going to live the life. I hope he doesn't come back. No, no. He's young, though, bro. He's not that young. He's not that old. He's like 30. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. Can he come back? I don't know. No, no, no. I don't want him to come back. That's my fear. Yeah. So you have hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Or, or on par. Yeah. And if, I mean, if you're not... the money on the table sometimes, you got to think But if it. you're not financially savvy, you're not. it's going to go through your hands. Right. Mike Tyson said that. He was like, I was... Trained to be a great athlete and a good boxer, yeah, great boxer, elite boxer. No one taught me how to manage the finances that would come along with it. It just didn't come up in the conversation. Well, no kidding. It was, it was better for him not to know. Well, that. no, Custom Auto would have taken care of him to be completely Cust honest. Have. But then, was his dad, and then, I mean, well, you know, you know legally, but. But, you know, Don King just put him... Well, Don King's way later. There's there's a whole mental management. Do you know the whole story with that shit? Yeah, sort of. But, I mean, if you want to discuss Well, that. we don't have to. It's like ancient history. Right. But, like, Don King is the 90s for Tyson. Yeah. But that whole block of time from winning the heavyweight championship, post-Cusp being alive, by the way, and that whole run, yeah. those managers didn't take care of him. And then yeah. one of them died and got cancer. And then it was just like, they would take care of their financial well-being before they took care of Tyson's financial well-being, yeah. which is most managers in boxing, frankly. It's most managers, period. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, The guys who manage like Guns N' Roses, for instance, they didn't get robbed. Okay. Like, you know who Duff McKagan is, obviously, yeah. right? The baseball. He wrote a whole book about it. And he was like, we were out of it. We wouldn't really have known but he's like, thank God, no one robbed us. Everything was on the par because he went back and he got a degree in finance. You know that, right? I did not. Know that. So Duff McKagan literally has a degree in finance and started a company specifically geared to manage finances for people in the rock star industry. Really? And his partner now manages Courtney Love's motherfucker fortune, and she's on a fucking um. What's that thing you give a kid every week? An allowance. Yeah. She's on an allowance because it's not really her money. It's Kirk Cobain's money. Right. 
And she even sold that back catalog for an obscene amount of money. You know that, right? Yeah. But then so did Stevie Nicks recently. Nikki Six from Motley Crue sold all of his. What is your thoughts on that whole thing? What, Motley Crue? No, selling all, I mean, everything. You sold your entire catalog for like $100 million because you're going to die. But then those songs live on forever, forever for some other company. If someone wants to pay me $100 million for my catalog of music, I will sell it today. (laughs) That's because you and I have day jobs. If I am the stature of a Stevie Nicks with a 45-year career professionally, right? right? I'm not... I I don't know where those people are financially either. Have they been financially, you know, intelligent about it? Or are they broke? Nicky shockingly was very intelligent about it. He did this whole thing when he was a kid that he put away half of everything he got. Okay. So he'd pay taxes, and then whatever was left, he'd bank half. Okay. His entire career. If I was financially stable at the point was like, someone with that type of earning power should be, no, I'd never sell it. But any company that's going to offer you that money, my mind just sees what it's really worth. So if you offer me $30 million, it's worth a hundred because yeah. there's no reason for you to give me a $30 million bump. And then he has a lot of kids, Nikki six specifically, but it's my opinion that that back catalog should be passed down to those children, those songs. So they should sell it. Well, no license it. Licensing and selling are very different words. Yeah. But one of them kids is going to sell it. That's just how that works. If they don't have the complete control. There's like 10 kids. Man. So everybody gets like fucking, you know, a percentage. I don't know. I don't know. I, <laughs> me uh, personally, if I was at that point, no, I that's what I'm saying. Like, they're like your kids, man. These are our fucking songs. Now, I am in a songwriting project with someone, and it's a whole thing. It's called the Rust Belt. Uh, Starscream's manager does it. Uh, Philadelphia is involved. We just write songs. And then we have some guy recorded the vocal parts that I wrote, and it sounds cool. Like, it's like poppy and it's interesting. Yeah. I want to sell that. That'd be nice because that's like a whole bunch of fucking songs I wrote that I don't, I'm not exactly married to. Right. But Starscream fucking songs, they're my lifeblood, yeah. man. Like, no. Like, I poured my soul into this. Yeah. Like, no, they're mine. But honestly, at this point in my life, if somebody wants to buy my music, I would get have I don't know. Prince fought tooth and nail to secure his masters. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he and, and then he would meet musicians, and if you didn't own your masters, he wouldn't talk to you. Which I, it's funny, but it hurts my feelings. There's a lot of guys that have their masters. Like, get away from me. You don't know anything. Like, oh, Prince, come on, man. Teach me. You know? Yeah. Oops. <laughs> it's Prince. All right. Now that we're going down the hole of like publishing and masters and all that shit, well, I think of Michael Jackson, who before he passed away had owned the publishing of the Beatles, right? Yeah. What is your thought definitively? Because this came up this morning when I was at the gym and I thought of you. I asked you before, but I'm going to ask you again. We're going to get really into it. What is your opinion on the Beatles definitively? I appreciate what they did for rock and roll. Okay. And that's it? I do. I appreciate the fact they probably inspired a lot of musicians that I have a lot of respect for. Okay. Me personally, not the hugest fan of their music. Oh, I agree. I definitely, I I hate hippies, man. Like I hate hate hippies. No, I do. And so I got this whole fucking thing and I want to run past you and I want your honest to God opinion. Okay. I have a problem with integrity. Okay. I take it very seriously. So do I. Okay, but this is how seriously I got a problem. I'm going to tell you my problem. <laughs> when there's a politician who might be the current president of the United States. Yeah. And this week he went, made a big to-do, and I am not political. I want to stress that I'm not political. I'm just saying facts. He did a big to-do this week about protecting the Marriage Act. Did you see that? I did. Okay. 
This is the same guy that 25, no, 30 years ago is on television and he literally says marriage is between a man and a woman. Now, I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm going to interject real quick. We don't need to go back 25 years. Well, that's my, I don't know if I agree. Uh, you don't have to go back that far. Uh, oh, it was sooner? <laughs> he, he did not reverse his position on same-sex marriage until he was uh, tapped as the vice president in 2012. Seriously, that recently? 2012. Yes, you can look that up. And I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not, I think you go back 25 years. It was 2012. So my beef is if you got an opinion and you're hard fast, this is my opinion, whether I agree or I don't. And I got to be honest, I don't agree. I think you should marry anybody you fucking want to marry. I really, really, really feel that way. I do like who gives a shit. Have fun. You know what I'm saying? For real. I don't care. I don't care. Do your thing. Don't touch kids. Fine with me. That's my only bugaboo. If I don't fuck with the kids, we're good. There you go. For real. My my statement has always been, and you've probably heard me make this statement, and every anybody that's listening that's ever talked to me probably has heard me make this statement. I'm concerned about one dick on the whole planet. <laughs> my own. What you fucking choose to do with yours is not my problem. It isn't that simple. I don't care. It because, is. no, these people who've been in committed relationships for 30 years didn't have the chance to have, like, inheritance taxes taken out and things like that. Even You know what I mean? That's sad. I mean, that's... Right. Like the government stay the fuck out of my life. Like if I'm married and not married, if I'm with someone for 40 years and I die of cancer. Well, regardless I, of that, I just think the government stay the fuck out of my life. I don't give two shits about, you know, that that supersedes any single topic that we're discussing right now. Now, the reason I brought up the presidency is it's a fucking parallel or an example. At the tender age of 13. You brought up the presidency because as of right now, Vex and Dave are running for office, president, vice president announced today no no that's not a thing i just made that up i'm gonna run for congress eventually oh go for it i want one term one term and then you retire and you have lifelong medical benefits forever you know how much money i can steal in one term yeah lots (laughs) and i don't drink i don't smoke i probably slept with your sister i'm sorry i didn't mean it but i'll be good congressman i'll do whatever you tell me i'll represent the people i'm lying anyway when I'm 14 years old and I'm 12 years old and I'm 15 years old, punk rock ethos are in my life. Right. That's the shit I just latched onto and I believe in. And now I'm a musician. I become a better musician at 20. I want to get deeper into the punk rock conversation later. Don't let me forget. Continue. We'll come back. Let me put a pin in it. There's a pin. All right. It's a pen, not a pin. But, close but I put a pin in the pen. So, with the pen. <clears throat> so, opinions that I make when I'm 15, even though I'm 47 are hard to let go of, okay? Because again, integrity fucking matters. When Metallica got on TV and they looked us in the face and they were like, we will never make a fucking video. I didn't agree with it, but I felt it in my heart. And I was like, good for you. And then next year, they made a video. They made a video. But it was for one. And they said, it's the only video and the song is called One. This is it. Only, And I was like, okay. And it was artistic. And it was black and white. And I was like, okay, I was like, good, I'll let it you slide. Powerful. I'll let it you slide. Powerful. It was powerful. And then a couple years go by. And then here it is, Enter Sandman. Again, upsetting, upsetting. But uh, then by 96, they're wearing makeup and have cowboy hats. And they're singing ballads and shit. You could have done that in 87. But you fucking, you can't draw a line in the sand. 
Like, if I ever join a cover band, you can shoot me in the face because I'm a hypocrite. And I don't even dislike them the way I used to. I used to fucking hate them. I hate them more now. No, I forgive more now. Because if you're our age, you're approaching, like, middle-aged, or you're middle-aged, and you just want to play music, yeah, good for you. Just fucking play music. Now, you didn't write the songs. I don't really respect the shit. But good for you. But at 25 years old, fuck you. Fuck your house. Fuck your family. You're a cunt. I hope you die. I was that guy. I've relaxed it because a lot of musicians that were in bands like us moved on and they can't keep the creative thing together. And I, I don't agree with it, but I understand it. Play. I don't like it, but okay. However, it's hard for me to let things go. So the Beatles are fucking dirty fucking hippies, man. Fuck hippie love shit was my fucking ethos my whole life. And then in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, we become better musicians. And I hear the brilliance in some of the writing of the Beatles. But at the end of the day, they're fucking hippies, man. And I can't fucking do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I want to do it. My, can't fucking do it. My biggest knock on it was not that they were hippies. But I, I will, I will, you know. I, I don't think what you're saying about their integrity is exactly the same. But I, I kind of am on the same page because... Look, if you if you wanted to, you know, what they were preaching back then, you know, John Lennon and Yoko locked into a hotel room together and, you know, spouting off things about equality for all people. Well, that's fantastic. But you know what? While you're doing that, uh, there's a maid in your room changing the sheets and taking out the garbage. And I read that fucking article, too. You know what? Maybe you can kind of eat a dick and get off your horse a little bit, because that's kind of not equal in my world, you know? Yoko Ono is supposed to be a fucking bleeding heart liberal. She's worth a billion dollars with a B. She's like 90. Yeah. She ain't dying. No. And and she holds on to that, but those purse strings like a motherfucker. So the biggest hippie on the planet is now a pretty huge fucking capitalist. Correct. In a tremendous way. I like capitalism, by the way. I have preached capitalism my whole life. My family grew up in a communist communist country, or they're from there. I didn't. I don't like that shit. Fuck communism, capitalism for life. But I've said that from, since the beginning. I didn't spend my twenties, my thirties, my forties. I'm a hippie. Woo. But you hold on to that. Dude, the fucking... All right, here's a story. Here's a fucking story. Julian Lennon is the first son of John Lennon. Yeah. Is, that, is Julian's the first one, right? Sean's the second, right? Yeah. Yeah, Sean's the one with the Asian lady, Yoko. Julian's letters between his father and him, Yoko Ono went and put them up for auction and he had to buy them back. They were letters from his father uh. to him. She could have gave them. Yeah. She's got a billion dollars. No, 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 no. No, don't sell them. She's a cunt. That's bad shit, man. You're a bad person. You might be a piece of shit. Like, I'm just saying, you might be a piece of shit. I completely agree. Yeah. And I don't even like, I don't dislike Julian Lennon. I kind of like him, actually. Not a bad musician. No, not terrible. The stuff from 30 years ago in the 90s, he's trying to be his dad too much, which I didn't really dig. But he could do it. He looks like him. He sounds like him. Hey, better than me. I can't sing love, love you do. That's not my thing. But he's not a bad guy. And he's got his own family and his own life. And like, break him off some of the fucking billion dollars from his old man, I might add. Right. Give him back the fucking letters. That's my thing. I'm fucking pissed. No, I'm, I'm 100% in agreement with you. That's um, rough. 
the, the communism thing fascinates me because because if you if you look at it as an ideal, you know what I mean? Yeah. It sounds great. I agree. Face value. I agree. That's the thing. Until you realize that until one person decides to get greedy, and it all falls apart. There's nothing to do about it. Yeah. It all goes to shit. Like, if I go to school... As soon as one person decides they want four apples instead of three, <laughs> it's down the fucking tubes. It's true. It's all gone. It's true. And it's a major flaw in the theory, you know what I'm saying? Well, human nature is human nature. Yeah. And you have a family. As a man, you want to take care of your family. If Correct. you were appointed head of the United Communist Government of the United States of America, you're going to be like, eh! I would like five apples for my family. Correct. Yes. And how do you not do that? Right. That's human nature. I get it. Greed is life. It's part of it. And it's not so much greed like manifest destiny greed. Protecting your own, I understand. Right. Yeah. And as a man, where it's like hardwired into us. Does that even qualify as greed? If you if you're on top of the communist pyramid. Yes, it and does. it does, unfortunately. But in our fucking country, but then there's the other side of it. It's abused in the United States. Like, remember the guy a couple years ago? You're gonna know his name. I don't remember his fucking name. The cancer medication was like it would cost like twenty bucks yeah. to manufacture uh -huh. a batch, and he yeah. was selling it for four thousand. Yeah, that's a lot of fucking increase. And that's the guy who bought the Wu Tang record. He took all that money from the medication and paid a million dollars for an unreleased Wu Tang record, or ten million dollars, whatever it was. You remember that, right? I do remember that. Yes. And he's in jail because he's just about a piece of shit. Yeah, well, you're a colossal piece of shit. Like, you're, it's fucking cancer. You're exploiting cancer, man. Yeah, well, so does every pharmaceutical company and the government, for that matter, but that's, you know. I read a thing this morning. Oh, tell me all about it. It blew my fucking mind. Now, I don't know hiding her hair. I am not I a might. scientist. You might. I'm a fucking roofer. I don't know shit. I know this. Musician slash roofer. <laughs> I, I read a lot of outlandish shit. So. All right, so this, this study I read this morning said that if you researched it, no, 95% of every woman in this country who has breast cancer at one time or another in her life had a root canal on that side of her fucking mouth. And, I, and my mother died from breast cancer. And I thought about it, and she did have a root canal. Yeah. So I don't know what, what they were using technologically at that time for that or what they're using today for that, but there's something to it. Probably. And that's like, and that's upsetting. You know what I mean? Like Jesus, like, and the, the dentist didn't want to hurt anyone. He just wanted to fix your fucking teeth, man. Right. That was like, oh, like this, like light bulb goes off in your yeah. fucking head. Like, oh, I don't know. No, there, there are, there are. If you really, really get down the rabbit hole on it and see what modern medicine has become, and from the places it came and why it is the way it is today. So you looked it up too. I looked it up. <laughs> What's his name? Rockefeller. Yeah, I couldn't think of it. I couldn't think of it. So uh, that really went down. That was it real? It all went down. I heard this. Real. Did, get, tell the, tell the fucking, so, tell the audience. So strap in audience because this takes a minute. <laughs> John D. Rockefeller uh, you know, decided that, that he thought that there was money to be made in the pharmaceutical world. And so what he did was he took his millions and millions of dollars and started investing in pharmaceutical companies, drug companies. But there's more. Oh, there's so much more. At some point, he decides to petition the government to 
change the nomenclature in all medical uh, documentation that uh, things that are like natural remedies and herbs and things that people have used for hundreds and thousands of years to cure things which have worked to be designated and classified as alternative medicines. And this is in the fucking institutions of learning. Oh, we're getting to that. Then he started the American Medical Association. He paid for that to be a thing. And the American Medical Association only recognizes medical degrees from certain institutions. These certain institutions were all built up and paid for by John D. Rockefeller under the uh, belief that they would only teach things out of text that he approved. Exactly. So his approved curriculum was being taught in the most prestigious medical schools, uh, and only these schools were sanctioned by the American Medical Association that he started, and most of them all leaned towards the use of drugs and pharmaceuticals from companies that he owned. I like where you say leans towards. It's all medication. The uh, whole fucking look, thing is... I'm trying to give the people an unbiased view of what happened. These are not my opinions. Everything I have stated is a fact. And these are facts. You can look all this up. This is a fact. It's a 10-minute Google search, and you can have all the information and more that I just spit out. As a human being, I noticed... I'm going to give you a timeline, okay? Because this wasn't my realm of thinking. In the early 2000s, when I was an adult, and I had a home, and I had a life, right? I noticed a lot of people were ODing from uh, uh, Oxycontin. Cotton, is that how you say it? And I was like, well, this is interesting. And I started like researching a little bit because online was available and you go on the news and stuff and I watch and the news wasn't as biased then as it is today. There was actually sometimes there were facts, which yeah. was interesting. So Walter Cronkite, folks, look it up. It's a real fight. Oh, ho, ho, ho. You know what Walter Cronkite did? He went on TV once a week and just read the news. And then they all just heard the news. It wasn't opinion based. Anyway, so I started noticing a lot of people were ODing. Now, I was in Port Richmond in Philadelphia. Fishtown, which is now Northern Liberties, fuck all that, which is the next like neighborhood over. It's like two miles from my front door. All those teenage males were dying, and women were just straight ODing and dying an entire generation lost yeah. to these pills. Mm-hmm. So then I started reading articles. Rolling Stone did a really in-depth fucking study at this time that I had read that it was just like over-prescribing. To yeah. the point of like, now you're hooked, then they cut you off, then you go in the streets just to buy it. It was bad. And now it's happening all over again. Now I have a question for you. With fentanyl, which they have traced to being actually manufactured in China yep. and then distributed here from Mexico up, what the fuck are they trying to kill us with like medication? Like, is that your, what do you think this is about? It's not that they're trying to kill you. If, if you die, that's just a byproduct of the the, the meat grinders. So wait, are, are we Rocky Four? If he dies, he dies. Basically, yes. No shit. Uh-huh. And all the other ones that don't die are lifelong addicts. They're either addicts or they pay for other things. They're left with physical ailments that will last a lifetime. Really? That they'll be have to be provided other medications for. They're left with mental disorders that they're going to need treatments and medication for. Truth. 
All of these things have created a lifelong customer. The medical field is not built to make you healthy. It's built to make you a customer. And you know, that's what it is. Chris Rock said this thing 20 years ago in a stand-up thing. He was like, eventually. Carlin said it 40 years ago. You're right. That's true. But the one I'm going to think of is like, I can actually quote this joke. He was like, eventually AIDS is going to be like, if you just had like shingles or something, like right. you got to buy this pill to maintain, you'll live with AIDS. They're never going to cure it. Right. But they're going to make it so you can live with it. Because you can't cure a virus. It's true. It's never been done in the history of the world. And Magic Johnson's still here. Magic, the, his name is Magic Johnson. How ironic. <laughs> I think that's the funniest thing in the world. Do you have a theory as to how he contracted the disease, my friend? I have a pretty good theory. I would like to hear it. And I'll tell you Fucking. why. They got to be a lot more specific than that. <laughs> Fucking All right. lots of women. No, 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 no. Hot take. This is uh not not a popular opinion, but I'm going to tell you some truth about the NBA in the 1980s. Go ahead. And I can use a reference. I I never remember his name. I'm trying to think of it. Bear with me. Oh, this is embarrassing because I'm on the fucking thing. There was a singer in Philadelphia, very very good looking, who got in a car accident and he was a paraplegic an African-American gentleman who was managed by Alice Cooper's manager. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Fuck. He's important to the story, and I can't think of his name. And I can see his face in my mind. He was so good looking. Anyway, he was a Philadelphia soul singer. He got into a motherfucker car accident in the early 1980s, and when they pulled him out of the car, he was there with a transvestite, a trans person, if you will. But back then it was a transvestite. And they couldn't understand this because he was like a huge ladies' man. There's a theory that the African-American community were having sex with these people who look like women who could not get pregnant because wearing condoms isn't fun and they didn't want to deal with that. The NBA in the 1980s was very rampant of this. Okay. This is a thing. Okay. So you think magic got AIDS from trannies? I got to tell you because if we do science and we think about the arc of human fucking technology, not human technology, the last 30, 40 years of our lives, can you think of one heterosexual man who's contracted HIV through vaginal intercourse without any needles or anything in his life. Because there isn't an example, by the way. I don't know. I looked it up because okay. I have been, it's a very popular ride to be with Vex sometimes. I have been around, no HIV, ironically enough. I got to tell you, the likelihood of a male getting the HIV virus from heterosexual sex with a female is pretty low. Right. David Lee Roth didn't get it. Nobody in Guns N' Roses got it. The one guy in the hair metal scene that died from HIV was Robin Crosby, who was a heroin addict. So right. he's using dirty fucking needles, and that spreads it like wildfire. Right. Blood on blood, right? But there's nobody who gets it through their dick. And Magic Johnson did not use drugs. Cookie Johnson did not contract HIV from her husband. Before he was diagnosed. Now, back then, it was only his uh, fiance, but they were together 10 years before they got fucking married. So that's interesting. Right. That is. That, I hadn't put a whole lot of thought into that one, but. You're married. I'm out here in these streets. You don't know my pain. I'm out here in these streets. <laughs> I wasn't always married. I wasn't born married. Yeah, but you married a long fucking time. Yeah, I was living that life for a while. But uh, yeah, that's a thing. So they, there's not a lot of men. There, there, there's no one can give me a case. I've looked it up. You can't find a heterosexual transmission from a man. A woman can get it because it's different. If a man puts a penis inside of her and he ejaculates, it's in him. It's pretty likely you're going to get it. Okay. But for the, the dick, unless there's a cut or there's blood or something, it doesn't really happen. Anal sex, you can get it from, which is why a lot of homosexual men who contracted it at that time. There's a lot of blood in the secretion of that. 
Well, that's what they think he did, which kind of makes sense. And it was a thing in the NBA at the time, which you could also look up. Maybe just like butt stuff. No, I'm not saying that. It doesn't but, have to be with a dude. Okay. No. <laughs> just saying. You know? Yeah, I know. Maybe Magic just liked the back door. Right? I'm just saying. little JS for you. I don't know. I don't know. I, I buy your theory. Um, I, it's it, it's just a theory. I don't know for sure. And I can't think of the fucking singers. You know what? Talk for me. I'm going to look this the fuck up. Oh, I, I can, what, how do you want me to say that? Well, no. We can. Hold on. <laughs> Alice Cooper's I, manager. I can't cover that much time. Jesus Christ. Shep Gordon was... Shep. Is still Alice Cooper's That's manager. A terrible name, by the way. Really? Do you know Shep's fucking story? No, no, I don't. He's a pretty amazing guy. Shep Gordon, soul singer. You're gonna know his fucking name, and I can't think of it. Oh, I'm sure I'll know his name as soon as you say it. Come soul, on, soul singers from Philly. I mean, there's a ton of them. That's the thing. He's the best one. I don't know who was an accident though. Trying to think about that. As soon as I say you're going to know it, I still can't find it. Teddy Prendergast. Ah, uh, so I was going to say that. And too. he's Philly, bro. And he was fucking gorgeous. He was a dude. He was a guy. And he fucked every chick that moved. But when he got in his fucking car accident, transvestite. Now they caught the transvestite because he's dead now. And they just interviewed her. And she still looks fantastic. She's a trans person. Sorry. I'm, I'm, what are you say? I'm, I'm insensitive. I am too. That's life. So this trans person looks beautiful. Was beautiful fucking 40 years ago. Really looked beautiful, right? Yeah. And that's who he was in the car with. A lot of the African-American gentlemen at that time who had money were just having sex with transvestites. And that's still an anal cavity. And it's probably going to bleed. Or, or maybe they're gay. Yeah, but he, no, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, and by the way, to be homosexual is not a negative in my opinion in no, any capacity. I'm not putting it out there. What I'm saying is, is that uh, I know for a fact that Maybe less now, but at the time what we're talking about. Oh no! In the black, in the black, it, yeah. In the African American community, like gay was not cool to be. Do you like, know it's still not cool today? Apparently, that's the thing. I didn't realize that. I work with a lot of black guys, and I had an older black guy. He had recently passed away. He was fucking awesome. I love that guy. He would date faggots and all that shit, like the f word. Yeah, you know? like, he was heavy. Like he was mad, and I was like, "It's a free world, dude." Yeah, I really do feel that way. Right. I don't care. But he did. And then I thought about it. Oh, my God. I'm not going to say his name because it's disrespectful. I had put some thought into why he was so angry. Right? He went to jail as a young man and did time. I feel like something might have... They attempted something or something could have went down. And he had this visceral hatred inside him for the rest of his life about this. Now, I don't know this to be true. It's just a theory. But I feel like it could be a thing. Yeah. Because why else are you so angry? Like... Gay guy never affected my life. I don't give a shit. No, no. I, like I, they're cool. I have fun, dude. A drag show is fucking fun. You go there, you're gonna be fucking blast. No, for real. I, I have no issues with it. I have no issues at all. Yeah, I don't care. I, I don't care. Again, what you do with your dick is your business. My dad, who was older, because again, he was like I was adopted, really had visceral reactions to it as well. Oh yeah, mine too. Really, without a doubt. And I don't understand that. Like, they're fun fucking people, man. Like, they're fun. I, I have never I have never had any issue with any, you know. No, it's not a thing. And I got to, all right, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to tell the truth. <laughs> this is episode number 163 of the Bex and Bex podcast. You ready? This is the truth. Gay men, most of the time, 
are in phenomenal condition. They're way prettier than heterosexual men. Perfect teeth, perfect hair. They can dress, they can dance, they can talk. I'm glad they're out of the competition. More women for me, frankly. I, I support that statement wholeheartedly. Like, I 100% agree with that. I remember, so I had a friend in high school who was just my friend. I loved him. Turns out he later he was gay. It means he was gay the whole fucking time. I didn't know. He had the hottest fucking girlfriend in high school, by the way. That's the way it goes, by the way. Yep. So years go by. Now we're adults. And some kid that kind of picked on him all the way through grade school and high school came into the store where he's managing the clothing store because he's a gay guy and he's great at clothes. He's, yeah. he's like, oh, man, can you please help me pick out clothes for my new job position? He's like, there I am dressed in this fucking bully from high school. And I'm like, yeah. I'd have fucked his shit up. No, because at the end of the day, my friend's not a piece of shit. My friend's fucking awesome. So he helped him. And it was nice that you had this guy in a position of power beholden to the gay guy. He's like, I really, I need your help, please. Uh, I don't know how to dress for my job. Dude, I don't know how to dress. I'm terrible at it. I'm getting better. <laughs> Dude, I literally don't know how to dress myself. Where'd you go to high school? Uh, Garner Valley. Which is public. Yeah, I went to a Catholic high school, and it was all boys. And you had a dress. You had a dress every day: slacks, yeah. suit coat, ties. You know that something. And then I went to actually my entire scholastic career until college was all Catholic. So I've had a tie on since I was fucking six years old. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. wearing a tie and like being able to like dress yourself with two different things. I got a flair, I think. You do. You do. <laughs> Certainly more than I. Certainly more than yeah, I. Yeah, but your marriage doesn't help you at all. Yeah, but like is, you look good on stage. There's, there's that a has thing. nothing to do with it, though. I'm just, I'm just living my best runs life because that's what works for me. It's back in fucking style. Did you see the shit, bro? I've been wearing the same shit so long. I came back in fact. That's what happened. Doc Martens are back. Oh, all right. Remember the Ace of Base video for I saw the sign. We I were do. like little, yeah. like young people. That's. All in style. I was out with a woman and we were somewhere and I turned and this, oh, it was a, I went to Hibachi. I went to Hibachi nice. with, the, with the girl you were talking about from the show with the, with the hair. So we're at the Hibachi place and we're sitting, seated, seated at our table and the next table comes and sits in and these people are dressed. It's like, I saw the sign people. I'm like, I know. What, what, is it 1994? What the? She's like, it's all back. It's all back. And I'm like, for real? My son is 21 years old and he steals my flannels on the regular. I don't want to make this sound shitty, but in 1991, where do you think I got my first flannel from? I don't know. My dad's closet. There you go. <laughs> I was like, what? Flannel's the thing? Boosty, boosty, bop. I took all his flannels, all my dad's flannels. I hate Doc Martens. I love them. I wear them on stage every fucking show. I think they look fantastic, but they don't ever fit my feet right. Like They make my feet hurt. They're not really comfy. They're not. I, I have really wide feet too, oh. and they don't ever fit my feet. Right Do you have fallen arches? Yes. You're flat footed. Yeah. My dad was flat footed. So I wear shoes that are comfortable to me, which it turns out are also back in fashion. Which are? I've been wearing Chuck Taylors for thirty years, and they're comfortable, really. They are to me. They have no support. No, I can't walk far in them. Yeah. But like, as far as like just sitting around, like if I were just sitting here wearing Doc Martens, they hurt my feet. Did the, were Chucks ever not in style? Well, I, I gotta know. be honest. I feel like the whole time they've been a very kind of why I went with them because like they're just always a thing. Like Chucks are cool as shit. I used to have this. Sentence. I have like I have like six pairs, dude. That's good. I dude. have so many pairs of Chuck Taylors. 
I was with a girl once who had every color. Like it was a fashion thing. It's a lot. Yeah. You can make your own now. If you go on their website, you can design custom chucks. Well, now I want to do that. Fuck. Silver Sparkle Customs. That'd be amazing. I don't know if you can do Silver Sparkle. Whatever. <laughs> but hey, you can try. And I would support your decision wholeheartedly. I got to tell you, I've been called possibly gay more times. I like to count my entire adult life. <sighs> I got to tell you, it's come up many times. Before I got to know you, I had my question. You too. You too, Brutus. I was curious. Well, the first time I met you, you were in a bathroom putting on makeup. So. That's happened a lot. I started so... All right. <laughs> Should we first explain to the people how we met each other the first time we ever met each other? You're going to explain it. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. First time I ever met Bex. We're talking early 2000s. 2002? Okay. Maybe somewhere in there. Bar 13. It wasn't Bar 13 at the time. It was Mojo, Mojo 13. And if you've ever been there, you may or may not know because it's a well-kept secret. There's a tiny, tiny little bathroom next to the sound guy's little setup over there in the corner, back in the back. Yes. I walked into that bathroom because I had to pee. And I was in the middle of peeing, and some stranger from another band walked in and started putting on makeup in the mirror next to me while I was taking a piss. <laughs> 20 years later, I'm sitting here doing a podcast with him. That's the story. But that's not a gay act. That's, I'm like, I didn't try to suck your cock. Like it wasn't like I a didn't thing. say you did. I didn't even say you looked at it. I'm just saying that it's not that often that you go into the men's room to pee and the dude is putting on makeup. I mean, maybe it's more frequent now. But <laughs> not in 2002. It wasn't really a thing. Did I ever tell you why I wear the makeup on stage? Yes. Okay. I know why you wear the makeup on stage. Okay. Um, if you want to get into it. Oh no, no, wait. I think you might not know. Why do you think I wear eye makeup? Not the blood. The eye makeup. Oh, I don't know about the. You eye don't makeup. even know. No. See you. Don't all right. I am follically challenged. Okay. Now, you know, we sweat a lot on stage. That's a thing. The bigger the stage, the more sweat because of the lights and the whole thing. Yep. And the top of my head would be soaking wet yep. and they would take like pictures. Camera, I'm sorry. Yeah. Take photos with the cameras. And then it would just reflect off my head and my face would wash out completely. So as a trick, I was like, well, I'm a bald guy. I got to do something with my fucking eyes so they at least pop in the photographs. Okay. So I start doing this because I'm bald, right? Then my first wife passes away. And I was like, well, this is sad. I'm very sad. I'm going to cry blood for her every time I'm on stage. And now it's just my shtick. You know what I mean? But that started out with noble intentions. And like, I remember I'm a huge Ozzy fan. And Ozzy leaves Sabbath. And the first thing he did, and I'm sure it's Sharon's hand, was cake yeah. the eye makeup on. To the point that he still does it today. And I was like, I love Ozzy. And I love Scott Weiland. Not anymore, because I'm kind of mad at him. But as, a, as an artist, I adore his, his work. Right. And that guy rocked a lot of eye makeup. Maybe to hide certain things. Yeah, probably. But I remember being influenced by that. I'm probably never going to wear makeup on stage. I didn't ask you to, sir. But that's the thing. Like, that's what I love what we do. Or why I love what we do. Right. It's all what you Everybody want. has your, their, their thing. It is a shtick. Their, their shtick. It's a shtick. It's true. Like everybody knows it's me when there's a bandana hanging off the mic stand. That's my thing. Hey man, can I borrow your bandana for my set, man? No. no what the not. fuck, man? Dude was bad. He was all mad about it. Got all butter. Oh <laughs> shit. You know. But like, dude, that's my thing. It's been my thing. I almost ninety-eight percent of the time on one stage, I, I rock fucking the same. I always wear blue. I noticed that. I always wear flannel. I always wear chucks. That's my thing. There you go. As well, it should be. Yeah. Everybody has their thing. And every band should have that. I feel like everybody should have a thing. I just know that David Lee Roll said this best a long time ago. If you're in a band 
and you're doing it correctly, if you look around, eventually they're all going to start looking like each other. Yeah. Same kind of shirts and same kind of paints. Like it doesn't take fucking energy. This is just like I'm eating cereal in the front seat of your car driving a band practice because we fucking more or less live together at this point in our lives. Right. If you go on tour, especially, dude, we've yeah, I remember like the drummer showing up in my shirt. I was like, the fuck, man? He's like, oh, it looks good. Oh, okay. Like, that's, 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 that's touring. Like, that's yeah. your life. And it's just a thing. And no, it's, it's the way it should be. Like, Pistol Razor looks like a band. <laughs> it does. That's awesome. That's important. You know what I mean? And then somebody new will join Starscream. And initially, he won't look like us. And then it just kind of happens. Yeah. Like, I love our bass player, Dr. Paulie. That motherfucker could not dress at all. I was like, all right, doctor, we got to change this. We got to change that. See, he's got a built-in thing, though, because he's like nine feet tall. I think bass players have to be a little bit tall. Larry's not tall. He's not short. Larry's not a little guy. No. I wouldn't fight Larry. And he looks tall. <laughs> short or not, dude, that dude is decent. I'm not, I'm not fighting Larry. <laughs> Yo, jack to the gills, that dude. For real. For real. For real. And does he work out? Does he just look like that? I don't know. I don't know either. You have to ask him. But like he starts playing, you see his arms like, oh, don't fight that dude. That'll end bad for you, man. That is awesome. He is awesome. The whole band's awesome. I'm a big fan. And the big dreads look just so cool when you're playing bass. That's a, that's a big plus. <laughs> like you got big rowdy dreads. It's awesome. He got a brand new fender when he joined you guys, didn't he? I don't know if it was new. It looks amazing. Like I think I feel like it was like brand new. I don't know. It's very nice though. Nice bass. Paul's trying to sell a fucking hard key stack and no one wants it because it's Christmas time. I'm like, dude, yeah. this isn't the time to sell something. No, bad call. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you want to buy it? I'm like, why? No, I do not want to buy it. I didn't want you to buy it. Like, now that it's in my life, I don't know. <laughs> no. That's all right. And then was it the last, the Rusty Nail show? Who were those kids, the first band with the letter A? Aristotle or some shit? I can't. Uh, Astrofels. They're good. They, they are a good band. They covered Nirvana, which made me feel really fucking old. I, uh, I'll be honest with you, their, their style was not exactly up my alley. Really? But for what they did, they were very good at it. The drummer had a minimal setup on his kit, which I loved. And the reason I'm bringing this up is the bass player had these uh, dark glass, this one dark glass cap, which is incredibly light. Yeah. And I have a dark glass cap. It's in the other room. So, like, they exist. Like, I understand it's like a thing, but phew, they're so nice. And then Paulie's like, doesn't want to use it. He's like, no, I want to change my sound. And we use the Ampegs for practicing. But they're heavy. They are. I don't want to put them on the bus. I hate they're beasts. They're monsters. Fucking Mel does that shit. Mel can do that shit. But Mel has to bring a pickup truck just for that cabinet. You it's know what okay. I mean? It's like a whole fucking oh, thing. Mel can do that, I guess. <laughs> Mel's a great bass player. You should go see Mel Leach play bass for Dreadstar on January 7th at Bar 13. I think you should push the Dobbs show. That would be nice. We already pushed the Dobbs show. Push it again. The Dobbs show where, featuring Starscream. Aww. And Pistol Razor. Aww. And... I think it's Gutter Royale. It's Gutter on that show. Gutter Royal. Yeah. Our friends of ours. You can come hang out with us on January 14th. At, at Jobs. Jobs. On South. Hells to the year. Oh, I think this is the last time I'm going to see before Christmas because I'm going away to the Dominican Republic. Do you know Oh, that? shit. Have fun. I think I will, sir. It's a lovely place out here. You've never been there? Never been to Dominican Republic. It's... Oh, or have you have you been somewhere in the Caribbean? Have you been? Me and the wife been to Jamaica. Tour. Me and my wife got married in Jamaica. Did you really? Yeah. We got to discuss that on another fucking show. That's pretty we awesome. Will. What year was that? Not that long ago. Well, you can't tell me. You don't even know, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> She'll know. <laughs> 
Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode number 163 of the Vex on Vex podcast. Dave, thank you for your time. Always a pleasure, sir. The Vex on Vex podcast is available on the Podbean application on your phone under the Loud and Loaded Network. Uh, this is VexX saying happy holidays. Have a great end to 2022. Have a good 2023. And uh, stay frosty.